Welcome to another fun film Monday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Soul Chicago, along with Miss Lakeem McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow your Shirley on the Twitter, X and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow my Kenny McGee on the Twitter, X, I guess, I'm getting IG. Make sure you download the Sports on Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Make sure you follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, X, Instagram, and YouTube. Please subscribe to our podcast at War Media Podcast. That's W-A-R-R Media, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S. We are on all podcast platforms, including that iHeartRadio app. And while you're at it, please give War Media a follow at W-A-R Media on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, X, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. If you have any definite opinions during our two-hour extravaganza, we call it Sports Talk Radio Show. You can always find us in the find us on Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in those questions and comments in the comments section. Lakino will get them up on the screen for you. But you've decided to troll and don't do something silly, dumb, or stupid. I've given Lakino full power to give you fools to be a be a boot. Toodles. <laughs> but before we begin, we must remind you you can catch Sports on Chicago live in living color on Roku TV. That's right. So celebrate with the squad and get with the program. Sports on Chicago is now available on Roku TV. If you already have a Roku television, just tap on the sports folder and download that Sports on Chicago app. If you don't have a Roku television, you have some handheld de- handheld devices laying around: iPhone, iPad, iTouch, your Chromebook, like I'm using right now, or your personal PC, like Lakina's using right now. Just hit up the Google Play Store, download the Roku TV app, and access Sports on Chicago through that avenue. So. No more excuses. Celebrate with the squad and give the program. Sports on Chicago is now available on Roku TV. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Live and on demand. Anytime, anywhere. And you know we will provide. And we will provide all you can handle here on Second City Sports. I see we saw our, our, our buddy Vernon already uh, commented on the Bears uh, Saints game. Uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, plus the rest of the NFL Week 9 slate. Then, you know, of course, our NFL Power Hour. Also, too, we're going to, you know, do some NBA, NCAA tournament, rough start for the Bulls, um, unfortunately. But, you know, then we'll also talk about baseball. Some very interesting things happening uh, in the uh, side with the free agency and whatnot. And also, Gold Gloves were announced as well. College Football Week 10 and a whole lot more. But first... Play action again. Bajant on the move. He's got DJ Moore for a first down. Moore stays inbounds inside the 20 and now out of bounds at the 18. Larry Borum has come in at left tackle for Braxton Jones. As we told you, Matt Eberflus said they might rotate a bit today as Foreman juggles it and then gets to the 14-yard line as we check in with AJ. Bajan with time, now steps up, looking to run again, inside the 20, Bajan still going at the 15, lunges up ahead, great effort by Tyson Bajan, let's see where they spot it. So first and goal for Chicago. Bajan pulls it back, now looking end zone for Komet, number two for the Bears tight end, his second touchdown of the day. Right here. Hill keeps it himself and stuffed by T.J. Edwards. That, I think, as the game goes on. Braxton Jones back in at left tackle. Bajan 
Fakes the toss, keeps it himself again. He's got the first down. Bajan with pressure coming, gets rid of it to Mooney, who has the first down. Bajan gets it out quickly. There is Mooney again, and Mooney picks up a first down. Darnell Mooney had one catch on the road this season. Less than 24 hours before the deadline. Third down and eight. Carr hit as he throws, an incomplete. Third Bears penalty on this drive. Foreman. Sneaks through, Deontay Foreman to the 15. How did he find a hole? And those highs were crazy with CBS. That was Andrew Catalan, Matt Ryan, uh, T. Barber, Andy Russell, and signed with a call of that game as the Bears lose to the Saints 24-17. The final there down in New Orleans. Uh, Bajan, Tyson Bajan, mm, okay, three interceptions. Uh, five turnovers total for the Bears. He did throw two touchdowns both from, uh, from Comet, as you guys saw right there. Derek Carr on the flip side for the Saints. 211 yards and two TDs. Uh, Tasty Hill was re- actually really the star of the game. He had a, a touchdown pass and you know, rushed for 62 yards and got you know, was able to uh, move the Saints down the field when they needed to. Got the big, uh, those big uh, yards when they needed. So, uh, Sid, I mean, you know, I, I kept an eye on this game a little bit. I was turning back and forth from from this game to a few other games. We'll talk more about, that, more about those games after the break, but this will be, what, 32 years since the Bears last went down in New Orleans? But, uh, you know, I digress, but, uh, you know, it was like, eh, okay, it's, it's, it just kind of reminds me of the Chargers game where this score should have been a lot, you know, let's say should have blown the Bears out. I mean, they, they, you know, everything else that kind of went on there. I mean, you know, Bayesian actually kind of showed exactly who he is. Unfortunately, so you know, for me, you know, Dante Foreman had 83 rushing yards. Okay, Mooney had 82 uh, receiving yards as, you know, as well. Of course, we talked about Comet with the two TDs. Uh, DJ Moore only was you know got three catches. That's not good. So for me, I was like, yeah, Bears fall to a seven. He be okay. Go ahead. <laughs> for many of you, they expected oh, that echo there, <laughs> but. Uh, for those of you that expected Tyson Bajan to behave like Kurt Warren to come in to save the day and throw for three touchdown passes and no interceptions and lead the Bears to this greatest turnaround in NFL history, that wasn't going to happen. Now, he did play well yesterday, but you saw some mistakes. He saw, still saw some flaws in his game uh, with those three interceptions. Uh, he, he did get better, but he still needs to progress and, uh, and read differences in a quick hurry, and, that, and that's going to take time. Uh, I know some fans don't want to hear that, but it's going to take time. On the flip side for the defense, Lakina, I wish it was a couple of times in that game that that defense, especially on third down, would have gotten off the field because the Saints mm-hmm. were seven to fourteen on third down, and and that just cannot happen. I know they did the Bears' defense did stop them a couple of times on fourth down, which I give them thumbs up for. But it was really time for them to step up. It didn't happen. Now back to the offense. DJ Moore uh, did have that catch and fumble toward the end of the game, which really hurt the Bears' chances because I really thought that the Bears. Could have at least forced the tie to send it to overtime, but obviously that wasn't the case. But as I said before in the beginning of the season, Lakina said it last year, we do have a tight end in Chicago. His name is Cole Command. He's earned that extension money that he signed this offseason. But and Deontay Foreman has really done the job of every, for the Bears ever since Khalil Herbert's injury a couple weeks ago. So those two things I'm encouraged by. 
But the things I'm discouraged by, of course, the turnovers by Tyson Bayesian and the defense uh, um, allowing Nuance to convert seven out of their 14 tries on third down. Now, the Bears were 6-12 and 12 themselves themselves on third down, but just looking at this game, Lakina, uh, statistically, these two teams were evenly matched. It all came down to the turnovers. And Lakina, unless you know something that I don't, any team, I'm talking about any football team, whether it's high school, college, or pro, what are those percentages, winning percentages, all those teams that have five turnovers over more and they win on a consistent basis? I'll wait. Mm, 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 mm. No, yeah, that wasn't, uh, yeah. I mean, look, you know, yeah, I mean, I mean, look, look there, might, there might be one or, one or two instances. I mean, like, I'm sure it does happen, but uh, I, I mean, look, okay, Beijing was, yeah, okay, some of those throws that he threw were, I think, you know, Clement had to try to get a couple. I know Mooney had to get a couple of catches as well. I mean, yeah, I mean, look, you want your wide receiver to try to catch the ball, but I hate to say this, but I know no one wants to hear it, but those of those throws seem like very colorless throws, and we all know how that turned out. That didn't turn out very well here in Chicago. So for me, I think, look, Beijing is exactly who he is. So I'm sorry, I'm not sold on them. I mean, I know Boomer Science said during halftime that, well, you know, it, it may be harder and harder for the Bears to go back to Justin Fields. Really? And we talked about this last week that, you know, people were saying, well, Fields could learn a little something, a thing or two from Beijing. Seriously? Okay, well, hell, Fields could have done that. And I, and I seriously thought that folks would give him the same grace that I'm um, seeing some people give Beijing. I'm just saying. So, look, I mean, look, Komet, you know, look, Komet did his thing. You know, look, he's earned that that big money. Sweat, I mean, he had maybe a couple of stuff, but he wasn't a big factor of getting that, getting that big contract extension. So for me, I'm just like, okay, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, look, look, they did something up those days for a couple of times, and that look, that score should have been a lot worse than it was. So, mm-hmm. you know, give them kudos to that. But I think the Saints defense, they did get their licks in. I mean, Demario Davis had a, a sack. Cam Jordan, I think, it was 104 sack. Well, actually, he had two sacks. You count the one, you know, uh, that he did against Matt Ryan before. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious! You know, check it out on the NBA and uh, CBS NFL's uh, uh, Twitter X uh, page because that was hilarious. And uh, nice looking out, Tiki. Nice looking out, you know, for his blind side. Yeah, good job there. But uh, <laughs> but uh, I mean, look, I mean, the Bears. Okay, you, you look, you didn't look terrible, but you didn't look great either. So for me, you're kind of right back to where you started, and they have a short week too. They play Carolina on Thursday. Yay! So. <laughs> You know, but uh, we'll talk about Carolina after the break. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this game kind of just shows that the Bears are, you know, got wrestled all Denny Green, but they are who you thought they were. <laughs> you listen to uh, Second City Sports on Sports in Chicago, the Monday edition. Sid Lakina here with you. We're live in the living color. And speaking of that Carolina game on Thursday, I want to ask Bears fans this uh, on Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. If, uh, do me, if, Justin Fields' thumb is healthy enough to give it a go on Thursday. Would you put him in? Me personally, I say no because you have 10 days off after Thursday's game and he can start the next game thereafter. I'm not going to put him in on short notice for Thursday because you don't know how that thumb is. And I know that he can be injured again if he doesn't play on Thursday. You bring him back for the following week. I believe they played the Detroit Lions, if I'm not mistaken, yes, for their next do. game. Yes, sir. Yeah, so, they do. I would, so I would give Justin Fields extra time to heal up that thumb. It would have been exactly a month since he injured it. Uh, yep. uh, and he injured it against the Raiders. So I, me personally, I would not put him in for Thursday's game. Uh, this is Tyson Beige's extra a work to get his res to boost up his resume to get put on tape for him to learn some more. So, uh, me personally, I would not put Justin Fields in on Thursday. 
found myself being an issue even you know all season long i mean from the way it sounds yeah it's not broken but it doesn't look very good either so for for me i think look you get as much time as he needs he you get 10 days off after that, that carolina game you're going to be playing detroit so you know that might be better that you don't that they don't put him out there if he's healthy enough. So, and I don't think the Bears should not have any trouble with Carolina. But then again, you never know. So, well, come on, Sid. Right? I mean, yeah, it's a little bit nutty, but uh, I, I kind of feel like at this point, I mean, look, the the Bears are kind of like the the look, no division. So you're talking about draft picks at this point, or draft positioning, I should say. So the, this is going to be. Kind of one of those things where look, don't let Fields play. Look, let Baby get some confidence against a not very good Panthers defense, and uh, you know, I think you ride it out for the next ten days. Yeah, one more stat about the Bears before you take the break: zero sacks again for the Bears front line, and not one but two quarterback hits total on Derek Carr yesterday. I know my test sweat was down there making this Bears debut. I do not blame him for it because you know he just got. To the team, so I'm not going to put any blame on him. But the rest of that defense, uh, uh, rest of that defense, the players that have been on that roster since day one, uh, it was their fault that, as I mentioned, they couldn't get off the field on third down. You couldn't sack Derek Carr on our one time. That's very inexcusable. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, as our buddy Dave, uh, Big Dave Watts from CSGO uh, would say, uh, Mr. Uh, Carr's uh, jersey was a little too clean for his liking, I'm sure. He feels that way. So uh, we're going to take a really quick break, of course. A big showdown in Germany as the uh, Chiefs just hand- just manhandle the Dolphins. Uh, plus, is it a time to have that talk about uh, the Bills? And plus, we got such and duds and some uh, baseball, too. Some breaking news here. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that later on in the next hour. So uh, a whole lot more with Keenan McGee, Sydney Brown, Sexy Sports on Sports of Chicago. More NFL talk coming up right after this. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things, none of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. (laughs) Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? 
I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Truly, Sydney Brown on the Twitter X and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's SIDKIDA0. That's SIDKIDA0. We have less than 85 minutes left or so in this extravaganza we call it Sports Talk Radio Show. You have any questions or comments for us, you go look for us on Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in those questions, comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. All right, so we'll get to the NFL in just a second with the rest of the, the week nine slate. But some big breaking news. Uh, Ken Rosenthal from the LED was the first to report this, but the Cubs have made a big splash. Uh, they've hired Craig Council. Yeah, there was this big buzz over the weekend about some of the various uh, you know teams that are you know, have been fighting for his services. <laughs> of course, was a uh, you know led to the, the Brewers who uh, who ended up winning the division once again in the NL uh, Central. But there was some buzz about what's going to be the Brewers. There were some people going to say it's going to be the Mets. Well, it looks like it's going to be da, 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 the Chicago Cubs. Yes, sir. Uh, various uh, He and, uh, of course, Jesse Rogers of ESPN Chicago and all other outlets are reporting now as well that, uh, yeah, that, you know, David Ross is out and Craig Council is in. Yeah, so like we talked about uh, during the break, I didn't expect this news to come, but we talked about this at the end of the year, Lakina. Well, you get, you could have made the case for David Ross uh, being back as manager next year, but they would have struggled. He would have been fired, or you, mm-hmm. you could have made a case for him being fired, and I think I was leaning toward that route because you basically had the second wildcard spot in the National League locked up. Mm-hmm. But, of course, you lost to Arizona not once but twice. You yes. lost to Colorado in Colorado in that series, and you wet the bed downhill from late August through the month of September. You failed to show up consistently. And so uh, kudos to the Chicago Cubs, uh, Carter Hawkins and Jed Hoyer for uh, being aggressive. They were aggressive last year with their free agent signings with Dansby Swanson and Nico Horner. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll talk about them more next hour. But 
they were aggressive in free agency uh, last year. They had to be more aggressive this year, in my opinion, especially with this managerial move th- this year with Craig Council. Are you going to give him the players that he that he needs? Uh, because the NL Central, we saw with the Milwaukee Brewers, they lost to the eventual uh, nationally uh, pennant winners, the Arizona Diamondbacks. I believe that we talk about so much about the uh, White Sox and the AL Central. We'll get to them uh, later on mm-hmm. in the show. But the National League Central, I believe, is up for grabs, too. Look at the way that Cincinnati approved this year. Uh, Pittsburgh is coming, too. If they manage to make it get their heads out there, you know yeah. what, to start making some moves. St. Louis had a, had a bad year. Milwaukee now just lost their manager, too. Their yeah. rival, the Chicago Cubs. So if you're the Cubs, if you do this right, this is a golden opportunity to take the National League Central and perhaps being in, in top contenders with the Dodgers, with the Braves, and with the Phillies. But before we get there, you gotta get the uh, you gotta obviously you gotta win the division. But you gotta get the players not just to win the division, but to compete with some of those other top teams that I mentioned in the National League as well. This move makes me think that they're ready to win, and I think that uh, Carter Hawkins. You're right, please so. Yeah, and I, and I feel like you don't you don't hire a guy a very accomplished manager. He is a former NL manager of the year. He's a guy that y'all you know, has played the game. He knows how. He's definitely a players manager. So for me, this makes this makes me think that they're ready to win now and are going to be aggressive. We'll talk about some of the players that could be uh, eligible for the Cubs to come during free agency just to, uh, next hour. But to me, you don't make this kind of move unless you're going to say, look, we're going to be aggressive. We're going to be you know going after guys. Uh, various free agents. So uh, yeah, this is a huge. This is big. I know that. Uh, I know that some of our Cubs fans, friends, you know, are, are going to have a lot of to say about this whole trial. Probably we'll maybe we'll have some on the hop on perhaps maybe uh, later on this week on Friday. But yeah, the big breaking news: the Cubs have hired Craig Council. All right, again, let's get to you. Our uh, NFL Power Hour as you're listening to Second City Sports or Sports Zone Chicago, the Monday edition. Say, Lakina here with you as we review yesterday's contest from week number nine in the National Football League. As you mentioned before the break, uh, let's review the Frankfurt games in Germany as the Kansas City Chiefs hold off the Miami Dolphins 21 to 14 to a tongue of a lobo for the Dolphins, 193 yards passing in a touchdown. Raheem Mosa for the Dolphins, 12 carries, 85 yards in a score. Tyreek Hill, eight catches for 62 yards. Lakina, the Chiefs jumped out to early 21 to nothing first half lead. The Dolphins came back but had a chance to tie the game late, but uh, they poo-pooed down their pants once again. They're now 0-3 against teams with records above 500. And that's going to be really going to be the point of contention, especially if they don't make the playoffs this year. The fact that they have not been a team under over 500, I should say, they just couldn't get a, really get it going on offense. I mean, you know, to only uh, only threw 193 yards and a touchdown. You know, Mostert did what he could to try to get you know keep the Dolphins in it, but you know, the, the Chiefs, to their credit, they were able to kind of you know hold them off in the defense. You know, guys like Chris Jones and just what everybody on that off on that defense just say. You know, Trent McDuffie made a big tackle. Uh, so, yeah, they were able to kind of make the, you know, Willie Gay made a big you know, tackle as well. Like, they could keep most of it from getting that first down. So, and they actually were able to keep your guy, uh, uh, Tyreek Hill, at bay for the most part. So, uh, you know, look, give the, the Chiefs credit. This is what they need after what happened uh, last Sunday against Denver. Yep. Let's move over now to the Dirty South in Atlanta, where the Minnesota Vikings come from behind. Beating the Atlanta Falcons by the score of 31 to 28. The Vikings starting quarterback gets injured. Josh Dobbs, who just entered the building five days prior, uh, saves the day for the Vikings. He ran the ball seven times with 66 yards in the score. On the flip side for Atlanta, Taylor Heineke, 268 yards passing, a touchdown in the interception. And Jonu Smith, 
the big tight end for Atlanta. Five catches, 100 yards in the early touchdown. Lakina, I did watch some of this game yesterday live. I, you know, I did pick, I did pick Atlanta. I, I picked Atlanta on Friday, but uh, I, I didn't expect their defense to collapse like they did. But then, too, I didn't expect Minnesota starting quarterback to get hurt early in the game either. But we talked about what Joshua Dobbs uh, brings uh, to the Minnesota Vikings. You saw what he did. Uh, with the Arizona Cardinals uh, earlier this season, even though they didn't have any talent, but he was one of the few standouts. You, Christine, picked the Minnesota Vikings. I'm, I'm sure you guys didn't envision the script like this being played out like this yesterday, <laughs> but congratulations to the Vikings. After starting out one, one and four, they, they all, all of a sudden have won four and one. They're mm-hmm. now five and four and right in the middle of the NFC wildcard race. Yeah, I mean, you know, and they lost guys too. I think Cam Akers got hurt. Uh, Jaron Hall Talk got Achilles. hurt. Yeah, you know, yeah, that, that's pretty brutal. Uh, Jared Hall got a concussion, like in the second, you know, second uh, play of the, the second drive. So unfortunately, he able to, uh, you know, leave and you know, and unfortunately, it was when Akers was playing QB because remember he was the emergency QB. That's when he tore his Achilles. So uh, mm-hmm. Josh Dobbs, over off the street, he was all set up for at his house in Arizona. He got told he got traded. Got there Minnesota Wednesday night. Didn't even learn the guy, all the guys' names, you know, prior to that. And if he saw, you know, great job at NFL Phil's kind of have all the practices and stuff like that as he was, you know, getting ready or you know, gearing up because he was gonna have to go out there, you know, through for you know two huge uh TDs and you know the, the game winner to Alexander Madsen. And uh it was just a thrilling game. I actually watched the end of this game, of course, we got the end of the game here in Chicago. So uh just a really great river, Minnesota. Don't look now, but Minnesota, despite all their injuries, are right there in the thick of it in the uh, in the wild card race, like you said. The Cleveland Browns shut up the Joshua Dobbs' former team, the Arizona Cardinals, 27-0. Deshaun Watson, 219 yards passing in two touchdowns. Um, Mr. Ford for Cleveland, Mr. Get the name of Mr. Computer, Jerome Ford for the Cleveland Jerome Browns, 20 carries <laughs> for 44 yards. Amari Cooper had five catches for 139 yards. In a touchdown off a of deflection, Akina, as we said on Friday, the Cardinals uh, uh, traded guys away, including their quarter, for, former quarterback Joshua Dobbs. Their defense, led by Miles Gary, teed off, teed off yesterday on the Arizona Cardinals offense. For the Browns, did just enough to pick up a win. Now they're five and three. Yeah, they sacked uh, two like seven times. So yeah, this makes you think that there's a reason why they're not letting Kyler Murray play just yet because they are tanking. So, uh, but look, you know, Watson came back from the injury, you know, threw for 219 yards and two Gs, like you said. And uh, look, I mean, the Browns, you know, they did what they were supposed to do against a, uh, a team that only has one win. So I'm not going to get too all over that, but it's actually what they really needed. So uh, you know, congrats to them. Yeah, let's head up north to Wisconsin. Talk about the Green Bay Packers. They improved their record to three and five, two and two in Lambeau Field after dominating the injury-riddled Los Angeles Rams, twenty-three. Jordan Love, two hundred twenty-eight yards passing, a touchdown for Green Bay. Aaron Jones, twenty carries, seventy-three yards rushing, and a touchdown. And Luke Musgrave, their rookie tight end, three catches, fifty-one yards in his first career touchdown. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, you know, go for him. I saw that touchdown. A great throw by Love to Musgrave. So uh, that was a really great uh, TD pass. You know, Aaron Jones got me some points on my fantasy team. Yay. At three, uh, uh, 73 uh, rushing yards in a TD. So, um, you know, congrats to him. And look, Jordan Love didn't make any. Uh, he was sacked four times. I know that Aaron Dahl got a couple of those sacks. So, but look, that's Aaron Dahl. So he's going to give everybody a diaper. So he shouldn't feel too bad. But look, no many, no, not not any many major mistakes on Love's part. And look, they were able to pull it out. They got the third one of the season. The Packers. Right. Let's head over to Foxborough, Massachusetts, where the New England Patriots drop a close one at home to the Washington Commanders in this 
interconference matchup. Sam Howell for Washington, 325 yards passing, a touchdown and an interception. Ramondre Stevenson for New England, nine carries, 87 yards in a touchdown. Terry McLaurin for the Commanders, five catches for 73 yards. Yeah, I had this game also, too, on the computer here. And uh, look, I mean, Washington, again, not the prettiest, but they did just enough to win that game. They had a uh, Matt Jones through a later reception that kind of sealed that win for the uh, for the, uh, the command, I should say. And look, they're four and five, so they're kind of like just on the outside looking in, in the uh, NFC wild card. But mm-hmm. if they can kind of, you know, I know they trade a lot of their guys, you know, Montez, where we talked about Chase Young, but. You know, they actually do have some guys that are kind of like right there. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what Washington does. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Terry McClellan, you know, got his uh, yards in. And, uh, look, Jahan Dotson, like you said, got that TD. So, uh, look, the Washington uh, Commanders are just looking to win that game. Let's head over to Baltimore, Maryland, where this was supposed to be the game of the day for CBS. It wasn't after halftime. The Baltimore Ravens to blow out the Seattle Seahawks 37-3. Lamar Jackson, 187 yards passing. For the running game for the Baltimore Ravens, Keaton Mitchells, nine carries, 138 yards and a touchdown. And their stud tight end, Mark Andrews, nine catches for 80 yards. Yeah, four sacks. They sacked you know, four times that defense. That, but that uh, Baltimore defense is actually one of the best defenses in the league. I think they're tops, or at least in the top five in a lot of categories. So they're you know, doing what they're supposed to. And look, it took a few weeks, but the Ravens seem to be kind of finding a groove, a new offense. It's like, you know, Lamar Jackson's a little bit more comfortable. They're actually letting, you know, Keenan Mitchell kind of spread around with the running backs. I mean, you'll be happy to know that he was leading rusher and not Lamar Jackson. I know uh, Sid Hayson when the, uh, the quarterback's the leading rusher. So uh, <laughs> I know he's very, I know he's very happy about that. Uh, Gus, Gus Edwards got his second, got two rushing touchdowns, the fifth player in his history with most of rushing uh, touchdowns and back-to-back games. Jordan guys like Wills McGahee, Ray Rice, and uh, Justin Forsett, and of course, Lamar Jackson who did it earlier this year. So, but yeah, I mean, they're seven and two. Baltimore kind of quietly accept quiet seven and two. No one's really paying attention, but uh, I think if you're John Harbaugh, you're fine with that. <laughs> yeah, and you you have to be very aware that defense has been the last few weeks, so it makes it one of the top contenders in the AFC to uh, to represent that conference in the Super Bowl in the next few months. The game of the day took place in Houston, Texas, as the mm-hmm. Texas as the Houston Texas come from behind. To defeat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 39-37. CJ Stroud, only the sixth player in NFL history to pass for over 470 yards and five touchdown passes. Uh Rashad White for Tampa Bay, 20 carries for 73 yards and two touchdowns. And Mr. Noah Brown for Houston, six catches, 153 yards, and a touchdown. Lakina. I did have this game more live via this computer screen, and it was mm-hmm. very entertaining. You know, I picked Houston on Friday. I didn't think it will be the highest scoring game of the day, but it was very entertaining to watch. Baker Mayfield, once again, Lakina, did not turn the ball over. Rashad Wright actually had his best game of, of his yeah, career yesterday. But the Houston Texans, C.J. Straw, we start we start to see him grow up in front of our eyes. I know their running game uh, wasn't non-existent yesterday. I, I know that Damian Pierce is out. Devin Singletary stepped in for me at the starting running back position. But we started to see C.J. Straw grow up in front of our eyes. Yeah, we'll talk. We you talk you you you. you. He said all the records said, but you know, I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the studs and duds and a little bit about all the records he did also set, you know, because he set a lot of records. I didn't have this this as a high scoring affair, but uh, apparently it was. I know Christine and I both had Tampa, but hey, look, you know, this was a very close game. And look, to Houston's credit, they were able to do just to make just a place to win that game. So uh, that was a, especially the fourth quarter, you know, 31 points was scored between them in the fourth quarter. So that was just bananas. <laughs> 
All right, so the late games will start off in Charlotte, North Carolina, as the Carolina Panthers drop another game at home to the Indianapolis Colts, 27-13. Bryce Young for Carolina, 173 yards passing, three interceptions and one touchdown. Chuba Hubbard for Carolina, 16 carries for 58 yards. Michael Pittman Jr. was the man for Indianapolis. He had eight catches for 64 yards. The Colts scored 20 of their 27 points in the second quarter, including the pick six. Mm-hmm. A pick, yeah, a pick six uh, for the for the Colts, and uh, yeah, that was uh, that was kind of over and done with there. Uh, Kenny, Kenny Moore Jr. actually had two pick sixes. He's the first rookie to have first time that uh, someone from the Colts, you know, as many great you know defenses the Colts have had, he's the first guy to have two pick sixes. Um, and he's actually from that area. I think he's from like, just outside Charlotte. And you saw his sisters who helped raise him. Yeah, they were mm-hmm. cheering him on. So that was a really cool moment. And uh, and look, I mean, Indy, look, I don't know. They probably won't make the playoffs, Indy, but they are going to give some teams fists. You saw what they did to uh, to uh, Baltimore a few, about a month ago. So, uh, yeah, they've been playing very well. And they've got some talent on that squad. So, uh, yeah, another great win for the Colts. Yep, let's go over to the West Coast now with the Las Vegas Raiders. And new head coach Antonio Pierce, uh, he pierced, no pun intended, his former team, the New York Football Giants, 36. Uh, starting quarterback for the Giants, Daniel Jones, went out with an injury earlier. It turns out to be his uh, his Achilles has has been torn. He'll be gone for the rest of the year. Uh, he, he's yeah. gone for the year. Aiden O'Donnell, the rookie quarterback for the Raiders for out of Purdue, he had 209 yards passing. Josh Jacobs had his best game of the year, 26 carries, 98 yards, and two rushing touchdowns. And Darius Sling for the New York Football Giants, Four catches for 59 yards. If you saw his, uh, I'm talking about uh, Pierce, his coach Pierce's uh, opening presser, he said that, look, the, the, the Raiders got to have more energy. They got to have a little bit more pizzazz and a little more excitement. You saw that. You saw, uh, look, Aiden O'Donnell didn't get sacked. You know, that, that's something that you like mm-hmm. to see. Josh Jacobs got the ball, almost 100 yards, two TDs. Jacoby Myers got that rushing TD. And whatnot, and it was really look. They kind of dominated from the word go. And uh, look, you know, to their credit, I mean, I think this is the lot, the largest uh, point uh, deficit, the largest point win at twenty four for uh, an interim coach following a midseason replacement. All, yeah, all back to when Dan Campbell took over for the Dolphins, uh, led them to a twenty eight point win. So uh, look, I don't know. Look, they're four or five. The Raiders are. I don't know if they'll make a playoff push, but. They're gonna, you know, Coach is gonna make sure he, uh, his guys play hard. So I, uh, you saw that yesterday. I don't know if you heard the story of the Kadena. I was watching the whole broadcast via this computer screen, and I saw a clip of it on social media. But uh, Laura Oldman, who did the sidelines for Fox yesterday, Chicago's very young, by the way. Mm-hmm. She told the story that when Antonio Pierce was coaching, uh, I forgot the name of the high school in California. His team was up by fifty or sixty points. At halftime, he didn't like the way his team was playing, so he had the whole team run laps outside the parking lot. They actually had to take a penalty to because they came in late to start the second half. But he wants his players to play the game the right way. I have no uh-huh. doubt he's going to do that for all this Las Vegas Raiders team. It's, it's going to be a new attitude, fresh energy. Let's see if they can keep this up for the next few weeks. It's easy to do this when you have change because everybody's on their best behavior for various reasons. Uh-huh. I want to see the Raiders can can sustain this. Uh, in, in the next two or three, four weeks. 
that's really going to be the key here. And I think if he can do, look, if they can go like three and two in those next uh, four or five weeks, he might get the job or he might get a strong consideration for the job. I know he's been wanting this for a while now since he's got to get into coaching. He coached the high school. I think mm-hmm. they won a, a state championship, I think, or at least was close to winning one. I forgot the high school you're talking about. I think it's just outside where he's from, I think, in Compton so, or, or, yeah. maybe, uh, mm-hmm. LA, or South LA or something like that. We're in, the, in that area. So, uh, yeah, I mean, look, you know, we'll see. This could be his dream job. Could be, it'll be interesting. But like I said, you can tell Devontae Adams has a little more of a feel like a weight's been lifted off his shoulders now. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, you know, look, he didn't have any TD passes, but I've never seen anybody so happy. He only, he only had like four receptions for 34 yards, but you saw how happy he was afterwards. You know, he only had seven targets, but you know what? He he probably didn't care. They won the game, so. <laughs> In America's game of the week, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles hauled off the Dallas Cowboys 28-23. Dak Prescott, 374 yards passing and three touchdowns. Tony Pollard mm-hmm. for the Cowboys, 12 carries, 51 yards. C.D. Lamb stepped up big time, 11 Catches for 191 yards. Lakina, the Eagles uh, did not score a point in the fourth quarter. The, the Dallas Cowboys uh, came back, but Dak Prescott stepped out of bounds for for yeah. a potential uh, two-point conversion. Uh, remember I said this too on Friday, Lakina, Philadelphia, they don't look as strong as they did uh, a year ago, but right. at least offensively they started to come on. I said Hassan Reddick, their linebacker, would make a difference. He almost did, but in a negative way, he got called for pass interference during Dallas's last drive. And then the Cowboys always cowboy themselves uh, uh, with the false starts and uh, d- uh, just that sack. exactly yeah, giving up two bad sacks and, and and that was ball game. Let's be honest, Dallas did play well as we told you. They were, they would be competitive on front on our show last Friday. They'll be competitive, but uh, they shot themselves in the foot. They should have won this game yesterday. I'm talking I'll about Dallas. I'll say this for my sons and does, but uh, if you heard Greg, uh, Greg Olson after uh, uh, during the game, during this last sequence, I think he spoke for a lot of NFL fans, who are Cowboys fans. We'll get to that in a second. But like I, like you said, I mean, Dak threw the ball short to uh, to Lamb. He was, uh, I guess he was trying to allow it. The problem was there was nobody or there was no Cowboys around him, like more like seven or eight Eagles. <laughs> so yeah. I think it was, I think it was, uh, I, I, forgot, I think it was a slate who got a little bit banged up. I think he uh, was able to make that tackle. Um, the captain from going in the end zone. But uh, that was a really weird game, especially that last sequence. You thought that maybe, you know, Philadelphia took control, but then they made some big mistakes too. There was a, you know, it was just a, you know, it was just a crazy game from like start to finish. So, uh, yeah, it was, <laughs> I, I, I think, <laughs> but, you know, look, we'll, we'll be playing again in about a month. So uh, we're going to be seeing more of this down in Dallas. <laughs> and wrapping up the action from the Queen City, Cincinnati, Ohio for Sunday Night Football. The Cincinnati Bengals hold off the Buffalo Bills 24-18. Joe Burrow for the Bengals, as we call him, shout out Christine Manico. Joe Money <laughs> had 348 yards passing and two touchdowns. Josh Allen, for quarterback for the Buffalo Bills, eight carries, 44 yards in the score. T. Higgins was the man of the hour for the Bengals, eight catches for 110 yards. Lakina, I'll let you have it for the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> Are we going to have to? Well, well, look, your first Cincinnati, this is their sixth straight primetime win. Um, you know, and, you know, primetime win. It's a, like the longest home primetime win streak since the 1970 uh, merger. So yeah, I remember there was a time when they wouldn't even put uh, Cincinnati in in prime time. So cold mm-hmm. figure, just like about what twenty years ago, almost a little over twenty years ago. But yeah, the Chad Johnson era. Yeah, uh, after that, after that era, uh, you know, look, Joe Burrow. Look, it looks like that that cap is still looking better and better. Due for two TDs, no interceptions. Uh, Joe Mixon, you know, had a big rush that ended that game. Just. 
just outstep Von, Von Miller. I know Ma's going to have a lot of nightmares about that one. Um, but look, you know, Josh Allen had a bad interception and it just couldn't make the plays. Like, I know they're, I know they're banked up on defense. They had a lot of injuries on defense, but even still, are we going to have to have that conversation about Buffalo? I mean, you know, I don't know. I think I saw, uh, I forgot. I think it was, was it Thurman Thomas, Thomas or Audrey? One of those, one of those uh, Bills uh, players from those 90, great 90s uh, Buffalo Bills with the four straight Super Bowls. Um, said that look, are, is it time to kind of maybe Sean McDermott might should probably maybe you know, get some consideration, maybe get the boot. I guess there was some you know, uh, some rumblings about that in Buffalo. I know that uh, Bills Mafia is very upset right now. They fall to five and four, and if those playoffs start today, they will not make the playoffs. So I don't know. Yep, and now it's time for our studs to dust from week nine. I will start Joshua Dobbs, the quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. What a heroic effort coming off the bench after not even being in uniform for a whole week for the Minnesota Vikings as they beat the Atlanta Falcons 31-28. My second a star or stud, you should well, we say on this show, Amari mm-hmm. Cooper, the wide receiver for Cleveland, five catches, 139 yards, and a touchdown as the Browns shut out the Arizona Cardinals, 27-0. And my third star will be C.J. Stroud, 470 yards and five touchdown passes. The, the sixth-player quarterback to ever do that in the National Football League as the Texans come from behind to defeat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 39-37. And if only, I think, less than five turn five receptions, I think. Yeah, I think I saw that stat, too. So uh, he draws a pretty good list. Jared Goff, ben, Big Ben, Peyton Manning, Donovan Nev, and you're all the way back to Wyatt Tittle. So that's a pretty impressive list he joins with that performance. Yeah. Uh, I'll say, you know, look, I'll say Baltimore. Like I said, they're quietly 7-2 and two now. Those are my other studs. You know, they're they're getting it together on offense. They're getting their groove going there. Their defense has been looking really solid the last few weeks. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, like all the AFC North teams will be in the playoffs. And the playoffs started today with Baltimore winning the division. So, uh, you know, that's going to be a pretty just, uh, interesting um, there. Um, let's see who else. My last, uh, uh, I'll say, yeah, I'll say Vegas, just because the fact that they seem to have a lot more energy now that there's a new voice with Antonio Pierce. We'll see how they look in the next few weeks. So, uh, those are my studs. All right, my three does are follows the Miami Dolphins offense, especially in that last drive. Good grief. Yeah. The Seattle Seahawks, just as a team, uh, they looked like shit. <laughs> Excuse my French. And my third mm-hmm. would be the Dallas Cowboys, their offense on that final drive. You were right there after that Dak Prescott penalty for, mm-hmm. for a rough in the pass, and then you decide to go backwards. Unbelievable. Those are my three duds. And those, there was no, if you heard Greg Olson, we said that, you know, earlier that there was no urgency. Like, there was no, like, urgency to kind of, like, get it going again. So that's probably why they didn't have no timeouts mm-hmm. left. So, you know, he was, he was saying, if you hear, go back and, you know, go back, you know, to the, uh, to the game. He said, look, hurry up, hurry up, you know. So that was a yeah. really, uh, yeah. So I don't know what happened there. Uh, like I said, uh, I'll say Seattle too, just because I would thought they may, look, I know they were traveling cross country, playing a new game, but look, you could have put in more of an effort. Come on now. I know Baltimore's been playing, but Lysely, but come on, really? Uh, I'll say, let's see here. Well, well mm, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I know it's tough. You do all the does. You you took all the does, but uh, uh, I'll say Tampa for not making those big plays. I know that uh, not being able to stop CJ Stroud. I guess <laughs> I'll say that. All right, and tonight's Monday Night Football contest will take place. In East Rutherford, New Jersey, at Matt Light Stadium, as the four and three New York Jets without Aaron Rodgers will host the three and four Los Angeles Chargers, and you can see that game at seven fifteen p.m. Central Standard Time on ABC, ESPN, and the Manicast on ESPN two. 
And also, too, if, if the Jets win, they could perhaps maybe lead the division, the AFC East. So uh, big game tonight for both teams. So we'll see what happens uh, tonight. Now, hour number one in the books, hour number two straight ahead. This is Second City Sports on Sports Show Chicago. We'll have some NBA news. It's the NCAA tournament. Uh, the Bulls, not off to a good start, let me tell you. Uh, of course, you know, we'll, we'll recap the big base, baseball news. Craig Council is now the new Cubs manager. No one saw that coming. And other moves, too, as the Gold Gloves have been announced and uh, guys moving in and out. So uh, we'll talk more about that. And, of course, NCAA football, uh, week 10, some interesting upsets. And so, so let's do still the Keenan McGee, City Brown, Sexy Sports on Sports of Chicago. We'll do the NBA Hardwood coming up right after this. Do you know that you're in my lane? No, not at all. Are you not paying attention? Are you texting? I was just checking in with my mom. I was telling her that I thought we'd be home by six. It's okay. There's enough time. Just pay attention. I'm not even halfway through my text. There's no way. I'm not even going to look up. My babies are in the car. You have to pay attention. It's just supposed to be a quick text. I'm so sorry. Hi, I'm Tom Brady, the director of DODEA. September is National Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. The simple act of reaching out and caring for those in our communities is something we all can do. Just being there for someone you care about can be a tremendous first step in getting them access to confidential resources and support that they need. It only takes one person and one small act and one minute to make a difference. Let's make a difference.
welcome back to Second City Sports on Sports of Chicago, hour number two. You can follow me by Keenan McGee on the Twitter, X at Keenan Score again, the IG. I said on mutes. <laughs> Evels, there you go. Yeah, yeah. you can follow your truly uh, Sydney, kid, Sydney Brown on the Twitter. X in the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. If you have any questions or comments for us as we enter in our last hour of the program, we have less than an hour left to so If this extravaganza, you can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in those questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get the up on the screen for you. And just a daily reminder, you can catch Sports on Chicago live and they live in color 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Live and on demand on Roku TV. Okay, so let's start with the NBA in-season tournament as the Bulls start 0-2. They just lose a tough one to the Nets on Friday, 109-107, and just get hammered by the reigning uh, champ, uh, Denver Nuggets, 123-101. Um, going back to the first game, uh, I guess the Nets, I mean, they had their chances like, to try to you know, get back mm-hmm. into the game. And, and look, there was just – they struggled from three-point three range, which – Again, that's been a point of contention for uh, the Bulls. I mean, they did, they did shot just under 40%, but it wasn't enough as uh, the Nets are just enough to win that game. Um, Dorian Vinny Smith had, Vinny Smith, I should say, had uh, 21 points, and um, Mikhail Bridges had uh, 20 points there as well. So on the flip side for the Bulls, if I can get the, this to here. Okay, there we go. Uh, all you know, uh, Tory Craig only had three points, but I guess he gave him a little bit of a spark, just what they weren't able to do. And DeMar had 24, leading the way there. Zach also had 24. Zach actually had a chance to, uh, you know, hit a last-second uh, shot late that just was way off the mark. So, uh, Sid, what did you think about this, uh, this first game of group play? I thought that and we'll talk about this around the league. It's just a moment as far as the fan energy was concerned re- regarding these games. But as far as the Bulls, what I saw last Friday in that playing game, uh, we said this for the last couple of years, especially last year when it really got worse. The Bulls let their opponents walk into the lane like it's a downtown office building. No one's challenging at the rim. Nope. Then that's where getting layup after layup after layup. <sighs> and on the flip side, as you mentioned with the offense, they had a team – Team stat of 21 assists, but outside of DeMar DeRozan, who had 24 points in last Friday's loss, uh, no one else uh, consistently could get it going. You really did get much from your bench outside of Patrick Williams with 10 points and five rebounds. But if you paid attention closer to the NBC Sports Chicago broadcast and states again, he pointed out the Bulls. As uh, so I told you, with the victory last Monday at Indianapolis, they had a couple bad possessions that could have let that game slip away, but they were lucky enough to win that game. But it caught up with them last Friday against Brooklyn, you know, not getting key rebounds. Zach Levine missing the free throw. And I thought he uh, he should I thought he could have had a better shot if he took a little bit more time. I understand the game clock was running down, but still, you know, the Bulls crapping down their pants once again in late game situations for a team that's trying to get back to the playoffs. You cannot games like this will come back to bite you at the end of the year regarding tiebreakers and uh, things along that line. But the, the Bulls just need to strap it down. Uh, Strap it down defensively with laying folks in the lane like that. And number two, mm-hmm. just do execute down the stretch and no mistakes. I know it's too much yeah. to ask for some people, but these are <laughs> things you need, need to do to become a consistently winning team. 
it's the smallest things that when we're like we're, we well I don't want to talk about the Nuggets game because that look Nuggets have done it to a lot of teams this year just you know hammering it out uh, you know Jokic had 28 points and I think like 12 rebounds so for me I was like man eh, you know what I wasn't really expecting to win I didn't even bother watching that game so although I will t- I did like uh, Denver's court though it looked really cool I saw it in their game against Dallas the, the night before mm-hmm. it was. It was really cool. It had the mountains in the middle of, of, of uh, at midcourt, and it had like those the subtle blue and stuff. It was actually really a uh, very cool. And uh, the Bulls, uh, you know, their in season court that was uh, a lot of red. I can't even look. I can't even watch an Oregon uh, basketball game. You know, their court their court is like one like different colors. That that was a very see <laughs> red. Yeah, you saw a lot of red all right at that court. Good grief. Yeah, I told you uh, last week that I did like the Bulls court uh, for the playing game, and I, and I thought that was uh, very cool. Like you said, you saw a lot of red, and it looks like a lot. Uh, there's a mixture of reaction view or on Bulls. Right? I know you're Bulls sort of way more than I am, but I like the court. I told you I like Portland's court, Rip City. I know they were very competitive in that game. We'll get to it in a minute, but uh, it's all about you know, uh, getting those TV ratings. And of course, this is a, a ploy f- to get renewed with those uh, national uh, national TV contract which expires at the next season. So uh, I wanted to get your thoughts. So we'll jump ahead just a little bit and just review some of the key games on Friday. And mm-hmm. I, I, I did watch the ESPN game, the first game with Milwaukee and the Knicks. Uh, I, I was trying to see if there was any, any more intensity that's going to go on with these games because, yes, Wins and losses in the tournament games every Tuesday, except for tomorrow. But every right. Tuesday, every Friday from the month of November, mm-hmm. uh, it will count towards the regular season standing. So it's another regular season game. But I'll, I don't know about you, Lakina, but I think since the energy uh, mm-hmm. in in that game too much, it was, uh, at least with the Milwaukee, uh, the Nick, Milwaukee Knicks game, I didn't sense that energy from the players. Uh, or at least from that game, but checking out some of the highlights from some of the other games, you saw the, you saw the intensity, you saw the energy uh, in some of the other games like Washington and Miami and Cleveland, Indi- that, yeah. uh, uh, Cleveland, Indiana. Of course, with the Portland, with, with the Portland game against the Grizzlies, uh, you saw the energy pick uh, pick up uh, with the players and some of the fans were starting in some of those. Uh, some of those arenas started to get into it too. Now the fans in Chicago, obviously they're, they're always into it because it's the Bulls. But, of course. But some of the games in some of the other uh, other arenas uh, last Friday night, uh, it, it was it was it was very interesting to, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, I think some of the, some have said that they they think of it as a kind of like a NCAA tournament kind of thing, especially just mm-hmm. like really like bright courts with bright like colors and stuff like that. I did like Portland's court, court, court though. that was really cool. Um, OKC's uh, home court that looked really nice as well with the little like muted like blues and stuff. A little bit of kind of like the old uh, logo from when they first got to OKC. So yeah, I mean, I, I know that yeah, I think if you ask Dame, I, you know, who he had a good show, he had thirty points, but uh, yeah, you can kind of tell they were just like you know. Like you know, dragging along and such. So yeah, that that kind of that that was sort of like one of the reasons why you didn't really see too much intensity there. But uh, look, I said the, the crowd got into it. Oh, the Portland crowd, look, they they love everything. So they you know, who's why? So they they're always into it. Miami, well, for what is worth, they're very into it in that Friday's game going into Saturday. You know, so that was you know, like some some people might look at this and say, oh, this is a total waste of time. But others might say, you know what? Hey, you know, let, let's let's this kind of like a college atmosphere. So let's you know, let's kind of get into it. Like I said, tomorrow they have the day off. The action for the NCC tournament will pick up again on uh, this coming Friday. Of course, we'll have the schedule for you on on Friday in our next show. So, so the NCC tournament with some mixed reviews, but 
we still have a long way to go. Now, going to Saturday's action, Lakina, we're not going to mention that Bulls lost to Denver, even though the Bulls were in, in, in the first half. Like I said, Javon Carter had the best – stats uh, for the Chicago Bulls. Uh, I told you he's starting to pick it up for Chicago, mm -hmm. and, and we'll see what happens uh, uh, with that going forward. But uh, the Philadelphia 76ers defeated the Phoenix Suns 112-100 to as Phoenix continues their East Coast road trip. I know they defeated the Detroit Pistons uh, yesterday. The Hornets yeah. starting to pick it up a little bit. They defeated the Pacers 125-124. Uh, I watched some of this game on this computer screen uh, last Saturday night. The, the Orlando Magic uh, split their season series against the Los Angeles Lakers, defeating the Lake Show 120-101. to Anthony Davis had a monster game, but he was in foul trouble. And the Los Angeles Lakers gave up 19 offensive rebounds. You're not going to win very many games in the league doing that. Yeah, they were uh, the Magic were very dominant inside in the paint, you know, to get those offensive boards. So, you know, LeBron, you know, twenty-four points. Although he will, he'll, he'll, he'll probably first say that wasn't his best best showing. But after him and AD, I know Austin Reeves also had twenty, but they didn't really have too much contributors after that. Cam Rabbit Reddish only scored two points. That's not going to do it for you. Christian Wood only scored six. Not a lot of good contributions from the guys off the bench. So yeah, that's not going to work. But uh, let, uh, the Lakers go to three and three. You know, the Magic have have had a really nice start, so uh, we'll see if they can keep it up. You know, Panchero's been playing very well for them uh, so far this year. Uh, this second year in the league, I know Franz Wagner's been looking really good as well. Mm -hmm. Twenty six points in that game. So uh, yeah, we'll see if Orlando can kind of finally make some inroads. All right, your other ways from last Saturday night was Atlanta, New Orleans. The Celtics over the Brooklyn Nets. The Rockets come from behind to defeat the Sacramento Kings. They're, they're out there starting poor guard De'Aaron Fox. And the Timberwolves bounce back nicely with a big blowout win over the Utah Jazz, 123-95. Yeah, just a hammer. You know, Minnesota just hammering, you know, 31 points from uh, Anthony Edwards. And uh, like I said, we'll see if, you know, Minnesota can make the next step. I mean, they, they, they made the play in last year. It'll be interesting to see if they can kind of take that next step. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how they look. And uh, Houston uh, upset uh, Sacramento, 107-89. Dylan Brooks actually been on his best behavior so far. 26 points in the way for Houston. <laughs> I guess that's what happens when you get fresh cash in the first start. Yeah, probably that probably helps a lot as well. Uh, going into yesterday's uh, games, uh, Phoenix, you said you are mentioning Phoenix over Detroit. They needed that game desper desperately. Uh, season high, 41 points for KD. They really needed that, so uh, nice win for uh Phoenix, Toronto slowed down. Uh, Victor Wembanyama and the Spurs 123-116 in overtime. Scotty Barnes had 30 points, which is a game uh, a season high for him. And uh, Kellen Johnson had 26 points, leading the way for the uh, for the Spurs in a losing effort. Uh, Golden State uh, tough showing, but a tough loss to Cleveland. I think Cleveland really needed this game more than they did. Uh, Donovan Mitchell had 31 points. Uh, Steph Curry 28 points. Um, but that's kind of breaks his 30 streak because he had 30 points. Uh, after three points, those first six games didn't get that one on uh, uh, yesterday. But you know the fact that Steph has been able to do this, what he does at his age, still hitting up threes, you know, scoring thirty plus points. I mean, just amazing the signs. He had, he's only thirty. He's gonna be thirty-seven. Uh, I think like January. So uh, the fact that he's still yeah. shooting at a high level, it's nothing short of amazing. 
Yeah, Steph Curry is going to go down one of the, if not the best shooting point guard of all time. I know he's about 6'2", 6'3", but he's taking advantage of the rules that we have in the NBA today with, with all offense. He's hitting uh, three-point shots at a consistent rate at a fast pace to anybody. So, And don't forget, when he first came into the league, like, yes, he could shoot it from the outside, but remember – he still he still is a very great passer and he can penetrate through uh, to the lane as well. I know he doesn't do it as much anymore. Remember earlier in his career he had those ankle problems which slowed him down for a moment. But like you say, he made up for it by improving on his shooting. He still has great court vision and that's not to be taken lightly. And can shoot the threes from like you know half court, you know full court, you know, from up in the stands, up in the <laughs> upper deck seat. So yeah, he can shoot from anywhere. So. Uh, Look, he's got four championships now and uh, to prove it. So uh, that, that's such a really uh, cool uh, Dallas beat Charlotte 124, 118, I should say. Uh, Luca had 23 points uh, leading the way there, despite LaMelo having a, a game, a season high, I should say, 30 points for him to lose ever for the uh, Horace. And also to uh, Memphis. Uh, Pulled away from Portland, 112-100. Uh, Desmond Bain had 30 points. Memphis, their credit, they've been trying to kind of keep things going while Ja's been out. That's our first win of the season. Yeah, so we talk about Memphis with their acquisitions this past offseason with, with the trade for Marcus Smart from the Boston Celtics. Of course, Derrick Rose, Chicago's very young. Uh, they acquired him in part because John Moran's going to miss the first 25 games of the year. Of course, we talked about it during our preview show, and we're going to talk about all season. The Memphis Grizzlies need this win because Steven Adams, their big guy, is out for the year. They missed him in the playoffs uh, last year against the Lakers. They're going to miss him for the entire year, so they got to overcompensate that and to at least keep pace in the Western Conference because the Western Conference is stacked, and it's going to be very competitive all year. Jaron Jackson Jr., he's their big man for the Grizzlies. Uh, hopefully he doesn't get hurt because they're going to need him and somebody else to step up and to help him play defense in the interior rebound. Yeah, so uh, that's going to be very soon. We'll see if they can at least try to stay afloat while, you know, until John comes back. Uh, we'll see mm-hmm. how John looks. I know Stephen Adams is out too for, for the season, so uh, that might be a bigger issue for them than, than John coming back. So uh, we're seeing that so far, especially with them being out rebounding most of their losses so far. So uh, we'll see what happens uh, with that now as uh, we'll get into uh, anything else that got contra attention this weekend before we go into uh, this week's games. No, let's 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 end it with this week's games. All right, cool. So let's uh, tonight, you know, match, you know, these games are tonight. Golden State continues their uh, East Coast trip uh, facing Detroit, San Antonio and Indiana, Dallas and Orlando. That should be a fun one. Washington and Philadelphia, Milwaukee and Brooklyn. That should be an intriguing one. And the uh, NBA uh, TV game, you got the Lakers and the Heat at 630. I might be watching that one in between watching that. I might not give it to the Chargers and the Jets. <laughs> Yeah, Jimmy Butler versus LeBron James. It's always a great matchup, and tonight's game should be no different. Absolutely. And uh, the Clippers face the Knicks. They can do their work trip as well. Yes, and also, too, James Harden will make his debut as a Los Angeles Clipper. Finally. Uh, Utah and Chicago. <laughs> Well, yeah. Look, look. I mean, look. I mean, he said he wanted to wait for for the uh, first uh, East Coast road trip. So uh, they'll they'll go look him and Julius Randle. That should be an interesting one tonight. Uh, Utah and the Bulls. You know, Utah's been kind of the same situation the Bulls are in. So uh, you know, we'll see how they look. Sacramento and Houston. Uh, Boston and Minnesota. Atlanta OKC. This should be a fun matchup between uh, you know between those two up and coming teams and the Pelicans and the Nuggets. That should be an intriguing one. 
Yes, uh, and peace and love to CJ McCollum. Yeah. Um, for those of you that don't know, you know, look it up on social media. He's going to be out for, for, for a while, you know, with a special health condition. And we wish him nothing but the best. And don't forget, you know, tomorrow there are no NBA games because it'll be election day in some parts of the country. Make sure you guys go out and vote if you haven't already. Of course, they can do this initiative. So I think I think some of those NBA arenas will serve as a super voting site. So uh, yes. check out, I know here I don't know Chicago we'll have to worry about it because you know we're, we're we're good till next year. But uh, you know we'll, we'll you know just to kind of like you know for us the rest of the country, you know, make sure you guys vote. Okay, here's the schedule for Wednesday. Of course, the Chicago Bulls will host the Phoenix Suns, Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, hopefully, and Devin Booker and crew at the UC. That's at 7 o'clock. The rest of the schedule for Wednesday night looks like this. Washington is at Charlotte. Utah is at Indiana. The Celtics and 76ers will get it on from Ooh, the East Coast. Wait. I know. The Clippers and the Nets. The Spurs in the Knicks, that's the first game of that ESPN Wednesday night doubleheader. So Victor Wimbiama will make his massive square Derek Garden debut, of course, with the San Antonio Spurs in town. Of course, the Lakers and the Rockets, Miami at Memphis, Detroit at Milwaukee, the Pelicans at the Timberwolves. That's New Orleans at Minnesota for those of you scoring at home. Uh, mm-hmm. Cleveland at OKC, Toronto at Dallas, Golden State at Denver. That's the second half of that Wednesday night ESPN doubleheader. And the Portland Trail Blazers will visit the Sacramento Kings. That Golden State Denver game is going to be rocking. Uh, Steph against uh, uh, Jokic. That should be a fun one there. You know, that'll be interesting. Uh, and that, you know, very jam packed Western Conference. Now, on Thursday, we're going to be both NBA TV games. The first game of the NBA TV doubleheader, we got Milwaukee and, Al- and Indiana, and Atlanta and Orlando. Uh, those are two games uh, for on, on NBA TV. And that's just because we're this week in the NBA. And note the Atlanta Orlando game on Thursday night at 8.30. Chicago time on NBA TV. That game will take place in Mexico City. Yep, that should be a fun one there. I'll be interested to see how uh, the folks there uh, respond to the NBA. That's going to be very interesting. Not, and not a bad game to kind of uh, to kind of show it. So this should be this should be interesting. All right. You're listening to Sports Zone Chicago, Second City Sports, the Monday edition. We're live in 11 Colors. Sid Lakina hanging out here with you. Lakina, let's get into some baseball here. We might have to continue this on the, on the flip side of this break. But we, as we mentioned at the at the top of our last segment, the Chicago Cubs baseball club will hire, Northside Club will hire Craig Council as their new field manager, uh, lure him away from the Milwaukee Brewers. David Ross will be out. Lakina, I saw the deal. If you could correct me if I'm wrong, but it was five years for forty million dollars. I think it's the highest paid manager in baseball. Yeah. If that's the case, and I was trying to listen to some comments during our last uh, commercial break from MLB Network. I have it on my monitor right now. Is Steve Phillips, um, uh, who, former New York Mets GM in the late '90s, early 2000s? I think he does great work for MLB Network Radio on Sirius Satellite Radio. He said. And I quote, if you're a Milwaukee Brewers fan, uh, Craig Council going to Chicago and paying them the way they did, this should be a slap to the face of your Brewers fan. Do you agree? Yeah, I think he's right. I mean, you know, this is something that this is probably one of the point of contention was that they didn't want to pay him. And of course, you know, the Mets were sniffing around. There were some other teams mm-hmm. sniffing around. There was some buzz about a couple of hours ago as I was kind of looking to see uh, various uh, baseball insiders were reporting that there was a mystery team 
in in a way in the ways that might swoop in and you know get great counsel. It turns out it was the Cubs, <laughs> and I don't think anybody saw that coming. And uh, when you saw the news, you know, like we said earlier, Ken Rosenthal was the first to break the news. Everyone thought, okay, this is this the real uh, Ken Rosenthal? Is this his real account? And you know this and that. But uh, it turned out there really was, of course, other uh, other folks. You know, John Heyman, Jesse Rogers, other the others followed suit. And so this is a huge, uh, big signing for the Cubs, and I think. This just strikes me as you look. Here's the weird part: Tom Ricketts, of course, the Cubs owner and chairman, uh, just said about a month ago that David Ross was a guy and blah blah blah. You know, more the confidence, yada yada. But look, you got Craig Council waiting for you. I mean, you would say, yeah, heck yeah, we'll we'll, we'll uh, open up the checkbook. And this makes me think that they're gonna you know try to get you know Cody Bellinger. We'll talk about him after the break probably, and some other guys as well. Maybe not Shohei. You know, you may want to not get him, but uh, you know, we'll see. You may, I'm sure they'll make a play for him. So yeah, this is definitely something that a lot of people did not see coming, and uh. Yeah, I mean, like I said, this makes me think that, look, you'll bring a Craig Council and pay him all that money, and you're not going to be the same old sale. You're going to get some upgrades. Yeah, as I mentioned, as I mentioned before in the in our last break, you didn't you didn't bring, bring on Craig Council to be mediocre. That's what this team was this year. I ran down what happened to him toward the end of the mm-hmm. season. You opened up that checkbook uh, around this time last year to bring in uh, bring in. Craig, not Craig Council. You you brought Craig Council this year, but you brought in um, Dansby Swanson. Dansby Swanson, in, Cody yeah, Bellinger. You, Cody Bellinger last year, and you resigned Ian Happ to the contract extension. So, and that team should have been a playoff team, but like I said, we'll leave that alone. But I guarantee you this: uh, Craig Council, I'm sure, had deep conversations with the management. Said, "Are you going to let me have strong input of what kind of players that I need you, yeah. for, for this team?" Because because we all know that the, one of the glaring needs for this team is a first baseman slash center fielder if Cody Belgian leaves. And, but no, the number one priority right now, my uh, number one priority for this Cubs team, fix their bullpen. Albert Azalea is your closer. Let him stay there. I think he's earned the right to stay there. He just got injured yeah. in the last year. But you need bullpen help, especially with that mill relief and a setup person. And you need not one, perhaps two starting pitches since Marcus Stroman added out his contract over the weekend. And I think that's actually end up being a good thing for the Cubs. And this, I think they say well, about twenty, about twenty-two million or twenty-four million by him opting mm-hmm. out. So uh, that's that's extra money for them to spend in their pocket. And also, too, I think like you said earlier, Sid. I mean, Cody Bellinger, of course, you know, no, everyone expected for him to decline his option. So I'm sure he's going to test the market and see what he can get. As and especially now he has another. We'll, we'll get to the Gold Gloves announcement after the break, probably. But. Uh, you know, for me, I think that this is definitely something that's going to be. Look, I think look, Jed Warrior learned from one of the best in you know, the scene. But they seeing that okay, who out there that we can get to kind of you know get things going at first? For a lot of people that thought, oh well, this guy's going to go to this you know, here or this and there. I'm sure a lot of that's going to change now, especially when it's this you know, Craig Council move. Yeah, and also too, like you say, King Craig Council with him being hired, bringing some of those bigger names to Chicago. You know, you can sell the city, you can sell the North Side, you can sell Wrigley Field, which is all great. But can you sell the fact that this that if you're big free agent A or B, can Craig Council and the rest of the Cubs management sell the idea of if we bring you here, you're going to take us to the next level, not just winning the NL Central, but being up there with those other teams in the National League, like the Phillies, like the Braves, like the Dodgers. We want you to be that guy to come to come and get us over the hurdle. You saw what happened to us this past year. We want you to be that difference maker for us in 2024 and, and going forward. 
And I think, look, I, I, I'm seeing our, our buddy, uh, Jen Latta from, of course, ESPN uh, Milwaukee, where she works most of the time, where she's not doing game day. Uh, she said it's sort of like kind of like what Dale Swain would have with Dale Swain when they, you know, they got well, the, or Maria, they got rid of both of them. And then they ended up you know, bringing on, of course, Joe Madden. And of course, the rest was history after that. So this is kind of like I know, look, I know there's going to be some a lot of Dave, Dave Ross, you know, Rossi. Look, I love Rossi, too, but I don't think he was going to be the guy that would take the Cubs to promised land especially after what happens and there's questionable moves that he made, especially mm-hmm. later in the season when a lot of those uh, middle relief guys were hurt and also to the starting pitching. So the good news is they, do, they did bring back Kyle Hendricks, so he's going to kind of be like your your top guy. Um, Justin Steele, we'll see how he looks next next year. I think that you're going to need like one or two starters. You're going to need to rush up that uh, that relief and that bullpen. You're definitely going to maybe need another first base, especially if Cody Bellinger does decide to leave. So yeah, this still could be so. This could be a start of a lot of things, and look that 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 count that contract that uh, that council got. That's going to be a big, uh, big you know, big thing. So uh, yeah, they're going for it next year, and uh, it'll be look. Yeah, Frazier's just got very interested in MLB. Yes, and you remember Lakina, our now new good friend of the program, Mr. John Zagul from yes. uh, Sports Talk Chicago, and he said that uh, the reason why the Cubs uh, kept David Ross around is because to keep the fan base, quote-unquote, happy and have that connection with 2016. Now that 2016 connection is now gone. I know Kyle Hendricks, his option on this contract was picked up for next year, but, you know, the, the big star, one of the big unsung hero stars from that team is now gone. So this is the new day for the Chicago Cubs. If you're a Cubs fan, embrace it. You want your team to go to the next level, especially after what happened mm-hmm. this year or nearly uh, you know, missing the playoffs. You had that second spot wild, uh, wrapped up and you just couldn't finish it off. So if you're a Cubs fan, be happy. You want your uh, you want your front office to make smart moves, not only to take the NL Central, but perhaps become one of those top teams uh, in the in the National League. It's not going to happen overnight, but expectations have been raised and rightfully so. All right, we're taking a really quick break. We're going to talk some more MLB. As uh, I'll ask it, you know, Tim Anderson, uh, his option was declined. Hmm, you know, could it be? Could it be come back? You know, was he surprised by that? Also, uh, so a couple of veterans uh, players uh, have, you know, that got their options declined. We'll talk some college football and, you know, maybe a little bit of old school team money of time for a minute and a whole lot more. Lakina McGee, Cindy Brown, Sexy Sports of Sports of Chicago, or Rapid Fire Hodgepodge coming up right after this. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, 
But one of these days, a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol, at your age, can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. You can follow your Shirley Sydney Brown on the Twitter X and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's SIDKIDA0. That's SIDKIDA0. This is our last break of the show for today. So, if you have any questions or comments for us during our last part of the show, you can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in those questions and comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. All right, so more baseball news. Now, this, this managerial news probably won't get as much attention as a great council splash over to the Cubs, but Stephen Vogt has been uh, named as the new manager for the post of Cleveland Guardians. Of course, Terry Franco announced his retirement halfway through the season. He's been the quality and control, quality control coach. He's his quality control coach for the Seattle Mariners this past season. And it was weird because I just saw him play. Like, he just retired, like, last year. So, yeah. what the heck? What was, what's up? You're waiting about that news. Well, let's see if Cleveland can keep most of their talent because, you know, they they suffered through many injuries this year, in, in, in particular their starting pitching rotation. So the AL Central is, quote, unquote, wide open. I know what the Minnesota Twins did before people started yelling at me. Yes, congrats, you won a playoff series for the first time in nearly 20 years before you got served up nicely by those Houston's trash trolls. But mm-hmm. it looks like you're going with young managers with fresh new minds in Cleveland. They still have some good young talent with Jose Ramirez 
and Stephen Kwan. We'll get to him. He made some news over the weekend, just a moment. Mm-hmm. But he still has some young talent over there, and they could be competitive. The last year, they've so just what the White Sox suffered in 2022 a bunch of injuries, and they couldn't overcome them. So Cleveland's still a competitive team. We'll see what they can do as far as improving their roster, i.e., their starting rotation into 2024. Going to be very interesting to see what Cleveland does, especially with the you know, like you say, they had, to get, they had to get rid of a lot of money. Uh, Lance Lynn is looking for a new job. He was one of the four positions for the Dodgers that got declined uh, their option. So we'll see, he's looking for, looking for a new uh, place to play. So we'll see what happens there. Also, too, uh, Jan Gomes, the Cubs picked up his option. So uh, he'll be back next year as well. Uh, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see what some of these names are going to be out there. Uh, Sean Mania, uh, he got, you know, he was up, he opted out his contract with the Giants, so he's a free agent, the left-hander. Um, you know, a few other guys as well. Joey Votto, probably one of the, not only really a big surprise, but look, you know, Joey Votto's been with the Cincinnati Reds since, you know, he was, he got called up years ago. He, you know, he you know, posted a really nice video. Where do you see him going? That is a very interesting question. Obviously, he's going to play. He's going to go to a team where he's going to be used part-time because. Uh, Knowing, knowing the the resume that he has, he wants to win, and so I can see him going to a team like maybe the Yankees or the Braves, or uh, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but maybe the Cubs because they have some first base issues. Obviously, he won't be playing every day, but I can see him going to a team on the cusp of winning and uh, using him as a part time player. I'm sure he still thinks that he could play every day, but at his age, he doesn't anymore. So I, he's definitely going to go to a contending team. Maybe the Dodgers sniff around. I don't know. Maybe Arizona's surprise team. I don't know. But for, <laughs> for sure, he's going to go to a team that uh, he's going to have uh, his leadership as a veteran uh, is going to lean well with some of the other guys, the younger guys around the team. A team probably on the come like an Arizona. Maybe I don't know about San Diego, but because I don't know if you heard news with them over the weekend, but they had to take out $50 million just to be paid. Yes, well I saw. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, but I can see Joey Votto going to a team that's on the cusp of winning the championship and making it to the playoffs. And his veteran voice would be use, very useful in that clubhouse. Going to be very interesting to see where he goes. Like I said, I'm sure he'll have his uh, his uh, pick of teams. So let's talk about that thing with uh, San Diego for a second because, you know, given all that money, you know, to uh, Tatis and to, uh, <laughs> to Machado, and, you know, at least, well, they're not producing consistently. And now they have to take out $50 million just to pay. Uh, their fees and whatnot. So uh, talking about the Padres, the team fees. So uh, yeah, that that whole thing is just like good lord. Like okay, yeah, now they're in a hole. Yeah, don't forget they're one of the two teams that uh, Bally Sports um, Regional Network uh, cut ties with, along with the Arizona Diamondbacks. So Diamondbacks, so their games were produced by MLB. So that's why the Padres had to take out a $50 million loan just to meet payroll for the end of the season. But I don't know if you read this over the last week or so, Lakina. Uh, I keep hearing Juan Soto's name on the QT, on the quiet tip, as the kids would say, that mm. the Cubs could be a play for him. And if so, what do you think the Cubs could give up? I'm sure they're going to have to give up a couple of minor leaguers, but what else do they have to give up for Juan Soto? They're going to have to pay a hefty price to get him 
Yeah, Perhaps. they're gonna have to get. They're gonna have to get up, like maybe give up like some of their top guys on the farm system. And I don't know, like I said, if they're gonna win now. I think that's what they may have to do, especially if the rumors are true that they are uh, perhaps maybe getting uh, Soto. But uh, yeah, it's gonna get very interesting. Where it worked. I've been hearing that too the last couple uh, weeks. You know, his name, like he said, you know, Soto could be going to the Cubs. But uh, I've heard that maybe the Dodgers might, you know, try to you know go for him and whatnot. So uh, it's gonna give me a little bit interesting to see what happens with that. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing like where he goes that's gonna be one name that's gonna be sought after during the winter meetings uh the Mets have hired uh Carlos Mendoza uh who was the Yankees bank bench coach last few years as their new manager uh let's see here who else well you know we want to talk about uh Mr. Tim Anderson uh Sid yeah I know he's the famous White Sox franchise in for uh, African-American baseball players, especially in the city of Chicago. Uh, we, we talked about the some of the stuff he's going through off the field. We won't rehash that. But I, I, me personally, I thought that the turnaround story would happen here in Chicago. Unfortunately, that's not the case. I understood from the business side of it why the White Sox did it because of you didn't think that he's going to be the guy going forward. And, you know, there were some stories that came out last year between him and Yasmani Gardal. We won't go through that. But you know, and you saw that many of his teammates didn't stick off him in that fight with Jose Ramirez last year from the Cleveland Guardians. So uh, maybe it was time to move on. Uh, I wish his comeback story would happen here, but you know, sometimes these moves are for the best. And I wish Tim Manson another, but the best. I'm still a fan of his. And going back to the White Sox, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope. I, I said this to somebody last night. I hope that Colston Montgomery doesn't get rushed up here to start 2024 because yeah. he's really the only top prospect the White Sox currently have. And you saw yeah. what they did to Oscar Colas last year. They rushed him up here to be the starting right fielder on opening day, and by the end of April, they yanked him down to the minor leagues. I know he came back up to finish the year, but they really ruined their kids' confidence. I hope that doesn't happen. Uh, it doesn't happen. This doesn't happen to Colston Montgomery. Yeah, I mean, there were a lot of people buzzing about him last night. So, uh, hey, yeah, look, Bill, this guy, I'm hoping they take, they take their time and uh, they kind of get it going. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it'll be just to see where, uh, where Anderson has to go. I mean, I think that was, they, well, it wasn't the, the Dodgers that were trying to uh, perhaps get him early mm-hmm. in the season and a few other teams as well. So, yeah, he'll have his pick of teams, you know, like it's, you know, yeah, I would love for him to have that turnaround here, here in Chicago, but uh, maybe a new start is probably you know, what he needed. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so the you know, the MLB Gold Glove Awards were announced uh, last night you know, in the middle of all the, the weird hoopla from football, kind of where they announced like right right during like the the, the thick of the, the afternoon games. But uh, I digress. Three Cubs got their shots at the at the um, at the you know got named you know, Gold Gloves. Cody Bellinger, Ian Happ, and Dansby Swanson, all very deserving. So I'm uh, not too you know not not having no issues uh, with that. Now on the rest of the NL side, uh, for Cat, oh, also Nico Horner as well. I don't want to forget about Nico Horner. I, I feel bad. I forgot about Nico Horner. Two um, <laughs> from the Cubs, uh, Ryan Hayes, third baseman from the Pirates, uh, Christian Walker from the Diamondbacks on first base, um, Gabriel Romero, Moreno, I should say, as catcher, uh, Brendan Doyle from Colorado, one of the young guys there from Colorado, uh, Hansu Kim. Uh, utility guy from uh, San Diego, Zach Wheeler, uh, the pitcher, of course, for the Phillies, and uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. for right field. So do you have any issues with this? From the National League, no. 
know. Okay, cool. All right, yeah, I don't, I don't either. Like I said, I, like, I think I was, like I said, I like, know that, um, you know, I actually like that this is actually, actually got it right here. So, well, yeah, so I, I like that. Um, on the AL side, I got Jonah Helm, uh, Nathaniel Lowe from the, uh, the, the World Series champion uh, Rangers, Andres Jimenez from the Guardians, uh, Matt Chapman, uh, not a big surprise there from the Blue Jays on you know, on the third base, um, also third base. Uh, uh, Kevin Kiermeyer, I know you on the center field. You know, well, I'm sure we'll have some to about that. We talked about Stephen Kwan from the Guardians, uh, left field. I think this is the second Gold Glove. Anthony Volpe from the Yankees, one of the few bright spots from the Yankees. Aldales Garcia, also too from the uh, the reigning uh, the, the new uh, World Series champs Rangers. Mauricio Dubon from the Astros and uh, Jose Barrios for the Blue Jays. Yeah, the issues with that also, too. I know there were some White Sox fans, you know, thought that maybe uh, Luis Robert Jr. might have had a shot in center field with, you know, Kevin Kermeyer, which he got. So uh, do you have any issues with that? Yes, I do. I know I'm speaking as a bitter fan right now, but Luis Robert, as we all uh, predicted at the start of this past season, when he's healthy, he's one of the best all-around players uh, in baseball. You saw what he did with the bat, but this is about his glove. And, and he had a great year uh, with the glove in center field. Shout out to Kermeyer who won the award, but I thought Luis Robert had more of an impact on, you know, in the center field position defensively. He tried uh, he could track balls down that most center fielders cannot get. And so, and we, as we said this before, we'll say it again. Luis Robert is the best outfielder on this White Sox team. I know Andrew Benintendi brings the experience in left field. He did some nice things over there. But let's not forget. I'm not saying it was glove, glove worthy, but to consider what we had over there the last few years, it was better than what we've seen over the last few years. So uh, Luis Robert, I thought, got robbed. As long as he stays healthy next year, uh, I think he'll he'll have his opportunities to uh, get a glove, get a gold glove. So, uh, okay, sorry about that, folks. Uh, technical difficulties here, uh, the second city sports. But, uh, yeah, I mean, look, I don't have any issues. I mean, look, I think the one that we always why Kermar probably got it was because at least the Blue Jays, you know, made the playoffs. The Sox didn't. They were nowhere near. They were already out of it by by June. So, that probably plays a factor for a lot of these, uh, for a lot of this. But um, I, I think, look, you know, he was probably, like I said, you know, I'm sure, look, I'm sure, look, he's still young, so I'm sure he'll have, you know, plenty of chances to get, a glow glove, but I think, you know, Kermeyer, I think his numbers and the fact that the Blue Jays were just better this year, I think that's probably my play a factor, played a factor as well. So, uh, you know, you never know in these cases, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that was a factor. And we'll, and you know, you, me, and Christy will be doing our predictions for the uh, the, the, the baseball wars. I'll be uh, come hand on that week. We'll do them on Friday. So, uh, we'll be interested to see what uh, who wins for those various awards and stuff. So, any other baseball nuggets and news you want to uh, talk about before we uh, move on to college football? Breaking news within the last half hour. So, Buck Shaw Walter, who got the axe from the New York Mets, he's being interviewed by the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Could he be managing Mike Trout next hmm. year? And Shohei Otani, I still predict that he's gone from there. So we'll see yeah, what happens yeah. with both Showwatch and the Angels. Mm, mm, that might be an intriguing spot for him. But like I said, he doesn't want to retire yet. So I, I commend him for that. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah, look, you know, get the, get a chance to manage my trial, who is still pretty much at the peak of his uh, his career. So, uh, mm -hmm. you know, we'll see. But, you know, look, Joe Madden, you know, you got Joe Madden. It didn't work out for them. So uh, I don't know. But uh, we'll have to wait and see with that. But, uh, yeah, I'll be uh, also be TV continuing for some of these baseball moves. There's a second of sports. I'm Sports Watch. I'm Lakeem McGee. Sitting around with you as we go 
you know, switch gears and you go to the grammar on the college side. Um, we also have very interesting uh, upsets here. You got Ohio State uh, pulled away from Rutgers, 35-16. Uh, Mizzou uh, kept it close against Georgia for a little bit, but Georgia pulled away late, 30-21. Uh, Michigan, no problem with Purdue, 41-13. Florida State held off Pittsburgh, 24-7. Uh, Washington beats a USC, 52-42. And uh, it's sort of like a, you know, a basket, early basketball score, I guess, if you will. But, uh, you know, Michael Penix Jr. Uh, was a star here, 256 yards and two TDs. It was, but it was actually Dylan Johnson, who he was a big star there for Washington, 256 yards and four rushing uh, touchdowns. A kill went on the flip side, 312 yards and three TDs. Uh, <laughs> so afterwards, you can tell he was sobbing with his parents, the rest of his family. That was a, uh, uh, you felt bad for him, and also to, uh, they finally fired their uh, defensive coordinator, Alex Greenwich. But unfortunately, to me, that's a year too, uh, too little too late, I say. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree with you more. You took the worst ride out of my mouth. And maybe one of the reasons why Caleb Williams is crying, too, because he sees the train going off his, gone off the rails for USC. They could finish 7-5, and five, maybe 8-4. and four, But as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, the national championship host from, for this Trojans team is gone. And we know that Caleb Williams will probably be the consensus number one pick in next April's NFL draft. Yes. So, uh, so him and Sam will be crying happy tears as he gets that money. <laughs> right. And we'll see. And also people were wondering, like, is he going to uh, perhaps maybe, you know, sit out the rest of the season? I don't see that happening. He's too big of a competitor. I know he's going to want to try to at least finish his college career on top of the very least, you know, winning a couple of games, winning their bowl games. So uh, we'll see. But uh yeah, I mean, that, that's going to be another thing as well. So, But we'll see. But Washington, the most important thing for Washington, they stay undefeated in – well, all the undefeated overall with, the, of course, with the, uh, with the rankings coming out. Um, Oregon, no trouble with Cal, 50 63, I should say, 63-19. Uh, Texas needed overtime, but they held off Kansas State uh, 33-30. They were actually up by – they're actually up 24-7. to uh, I don't know what the heck happened. I actually did not watch this game for <laughs> but uh, – it was, what the hell happened? I don't know, but uh, yeah, but they did they made the big plays late on defense, and uh, you know, to their credit, they were able to hold them off, hold the Wildcats off. Yeah, Will Howard was the man of the hour for the Kansas State Wildcats, 327 yards passing, four touchdowns, as he led the charge in the fourth quarter with 16 unanswered points on the Texas scored uh, scored a field goal to force the game into overtime. Of course, they, they kicked the field goal to win it. Texas is still in the mix for that fourth and final spot in the college football playoff. I think Michigan, Ohio State, and Georgia, those three spots are wrapped up, quote-unquote, but it's all going to come down to that fourth spot. Texas, I believe, is the leader in that clubhouse right now. Don't forget about Florida State, as you mentioned. Uh, they're, they're right there in Washington. Yeah, so uh, like I said, well, there's gonna be a lot of change happening during those rankings in the next few weeks. So, uh, you know, for anybody that's freaking out about the rankings now, don't be. But uh, we'll see what happens uh, mm-hmm. there. Alabama beat LSU uh, 42-18. Jalen Moreau had threw for 219 yards. Uh, he also have well, he also rushed for 155 yards and four TDs. On the rushing side, uh, on the other side, Jaden Daniels, 163 yards and a rushing TD, he for 219 yards. Was that the other game that was clearly a cheap shot? I mean, I, you know, it, it, you know, it was a call for targeting, so you know, go figure for with that one. But, um, but this is actually the first time in the in the last 25 years of this rivalry that uh, both QBs had 20 yard plus yards passing, 150 plus yards rushing. So, uh, yeah. So, Sid, did you get a chance to watch this game? 
No, I didn't. I call a couple of highlights, but as we said before for the last couple of weeks, Jalen Morone is starting to get confidence uh, uh, playing within himself with the Nick Saban's offense at the quarterback position. He's not the flashiest. He's not the greatest, but he's sticking to the game plan. He's starting to become a factor with the confidence, the more confidence he's gaining every week. And it's also about the Alabama defense as well. And they shut down uh, UCL, uh, LSU Sorry, when, when they had to just hold the Tigers office to seven second half points. Ah, but it was very close uh, early on. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that was a nice win for Alabama to keep them in their in the strike distance of that uh, that playoff spot. Now, Oklahoma State will have bright rights at least for the next few years. This is the last of the Bedlam series. They've actually been they actually been meeting every year since 1904. It's going to be the last meeting for a while, at least with Oklahoma going to the uh, SEC. Uh, but it looks – but, you know, the, the Cowboys are the ones that have the bragging rights, uh, 27-24 – um, over Oklahoma, Alan Bauman had uh, 334 yards, I should say. Uh, it was like I said, it was Ollie Gordon, the, the second, uh, had 137 rushing yards and two TDs. On the flip side, Dylan Gabriel, uh, 344 yards and a touchdown, but you know, he had an interception that would definitely kind of you know, held him off, uh, there. A back and forth game between those two, these two teams, as usual, but uh, it looks like okay, say might have knocked Oklahoma out of the, the playoff chase. Yep, you took the words right out, right out of my mouth. Again, remember I told you on Friday this could be a trap game for Oklahoma. This could be a game if they if they lost it, that they'll be out of the national championship picture. Well, this was it. Omar Gore in the second four. Uh, the Cowboys had 33 carries, 137 yards, and two touchdowns. Also, too, with shot Owens stepped up big with 10 catches and 136 yards. Yeah, big, you know, big show in there for that, uh, for Oklahoma State in that defense. So uh, yeah, that was a really huge win for Mike Gundy. And you know, again, they're quietly seven and two. You know, look, they're over mm-hmm. here like, like they're in the driver's seat in the in the Big Twelve. So uh, we'll see, you know, what happens the rest of the season. Um, Ole Miss edged, uh, held off uh, Texas A&M 35 Penn State no trouble with Maryland. Remember that big Mich- big showdown against Michigan uh, coming up this Saturday. We'll talk a little bit about that on Friday. Uh, Louisville beat uh, Virginia Tech, and uh, Clemson, as you can say, upset uh, Notre Dame. The one time I picked Notre Dame, you know, well, freak as always. Thirty-one twenty-three, Clemson beat uh, Notre Dame. You know, Gate, uh, you know, Kubik uh, threw only for one hundred nine yards and a touchdown, but it was actually uh, Phil Maffa, uh who was a big show in there. They couldn't, you know, for some reason, Irish was going to slow down. One hundred eighty-six yards and two TDs. And I remember Kevin Nagani said this during uh, the ABC, you know, he and Booger followed the, a, the ABC uh, halftime report and after the post game, after that game, he did say that, you know, Dabo and his team actually played better than the underdog. So he reported his 166 career uh, win um, as uh, Clemson head coach passing Frank Howard for the most in, uh, in the program history. Uh, they committed zero penalties in that win. The first time they've done that in a game, at least in, the, in at least 25 seasons. So, uh, very disciplined uh, for the Tigers, and they put up one to bear up. So it's not going to Notre Dame out whatever what they had left of the uh, the, ch- of the playoff race. Yeah, Sam Harbin, the Irish quarterback, did not have a great game. Only 146 yards passing and two interceptions. But I know they came out in the second half scoring 14 points. But their offense was nowhere to be found. Like you said, Clemson played uh, enthusiastic football, disciplined football, and like you said, their backs were against the wall. They played like it, and they came out with the eight point victory at home. 
Yeah, so uh, this, this could be kind of like the thing that kind of gets these going here the next chapter. We'll see this kind of like gets them going. So uh, we'll see that this win let this, this uh, win definitely help a program out, and they needed that little jolt. So uh, we'll see if this, this win does that. Uh, Oregon State uh, held off Colorado 26-19. Now, I actually watched a little bit of this game. I actually – but – you know, they did, like I said, you know, the, the Beavers did just have to win this game. They're still right there in the thick of it in the, in the Pac-12. Yeah, we all know that Deion Sanders' club has a lot of work to do this offseason in terms of recruiting players. I think Warren Sapp, uh, Pro Football Hall of Famer, is going to join us in recruiting some new guys. So, as we said before, we didn't think that Colorado was going to win anything this year anyway in terms of a national championship, things along that line. But Deion still has some talent on that team. He's going to get better talent in, in next year. But hopefully uh, he's telling his guys behind the scenes that uh, looking at some of those teams that they played against on their schedule this year, we need these kind of athletes to compete with those top teams. So I have no doubt that Deion Sanders is going to go out and recruit better players for next year. Definitely, uh, we'll definitely have the uh, the going on for it. So we'll see there. Uh, Tennessee, no trouble with uh, UConn. Utah, no trouble with Arizona State. Arizona upsets uh, UCLA. Um, look, I, look, I said that the Arizona could give USC all they can handle, and it is just that they basically they you know, kept uh, UCLA kind of at bay here, especially their office couldn't get things going. So uh, they were able to do uh, just enough. Uh, Kansas. They're right there. I, I think they're. I think they and Oklahoma State are in the top top two right now. They're right there up there with Texas. So uh, they held off mm-hmm. Iowa State twenty eight twenty one. Tulane uh, held off East Carolina. Army uh, knocks Air Force out of the race. Down being 23-3. Our buddy Randy Cross called that game for CBS Sports Network. Shout out to him. We gotta get him back on soon. Uh, Arkansas for the first time ever in Gainesville. They beat Florida 39-36 in overtime. Yeah, it should make alumni, Dan Hampton and Jimmy Johnson, both pro football Hall of Fame members. I'm very happy that their alumni is of uh, the Arkansas Razorback School. And don't forget Jerry Jones on the Dallas Cowboys as well. Just yep. saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll say hard. But I, I, I saw, it's hard to believe that, yeah, that's their first ever win in Gainesville. So uh, they, they really need this win desperately, too. They only had two wins you know, prior to this. So uh, nice win mm-hmm. for uh, for the Razorbacks. Uh IU upsets uh, Wisconsin 20-14, to 20, 20 to 14, and uh, Michigan State upset Nebraska. The, look, as I was saying, Nebraska had a shot to rise, maybe win the Big Ten West. This was, will probably knock them off, so uh, I don't know what happened with that. Um, you know, North Carolina uh, took care of Campbell after a couple of uh, bad losses. Uh, Georgia Tech beat uh, Virginia. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Illinois beat Minnesota 27-26. Yeah, Luke Altmaier, 212 yards back. Only one turnover, but three big touchdown passes. And also, too, they had a running game to go with it. Caden uh, Fegan, 22 carries for 89 yards. Yeah, John uh, Yeah, John Patty came on and uh, perhaps maybe let them down the field. And, of course, a game-winning touchdown for um, you know, Illinois. And uh, Minnesota, unfortunately, they were right. They had the driver. They were in the driver's seat in that Big Ten West division. Now it's mm-hmm. all kind of like everything's kind of all hey, where Iowa beat uh, Northwestern in a score that you look if you had if you took the under in that, in that game and at Wrigley, it actually kind of looked like a game a Cubs game that <laughs> they played against. <laughs> like that. But uh, look, you know Iowa, you know Iowa did just have to win that game, so uh, oh, okay, <laughs> oh, <laughs> ten to seven, <laughs> ten to seven over Northwestern. Yep, and a couple of the scores to pass along here. Houston beats Baylor 25-24. And uh, I want to go back to that uh, Nebraska-Michigan State game, Lakina. We talked mm-hmm. about on Friday that Nebraska 
Uh, they were turning things around. Like mm -hmm. I said, I'm not going to say this was a gimme game with all that Michigan State is going through both on and off the field, but they laid, laid a big fat egg. Uh, I don't know if they're going to recover from this, but we'll see what happens in their next game. NC State upset the the U, the University of Miami, what 26. Happened? Yeah, Tyler Van Dyke uh, going, is going back to being bad again. 173 yards passing and three interceptions. Not good, yeah, man. Not Ooh. good. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Thought that maybe they were starting to kind of figure it out. I'm talking about Miami in that in that sense, but unfortunately that didn't up not be the case. You lose into losing to uh to an NC State. But uh yeah, so uh it looks like right now if the if if, if the uh AC uh, championship were to start right now, uh, it'll be Florida State and Louisville. So uh, that was a uh you know, bad uh, chances by them, but uh <clears throat> But yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens there now. In the, in the Big Ten Western Division, Iowa is now in the driver's seat right now. Now, Minnesota did beat Iowa, but they need a lot to happen after that. They had a few weeks left, so we'll see if they can kind of figure things out. Nebraska, like I, like I said, they had their shots perhaps when they get into that driver's seat. They weren't able to do it, so uh, now they're kind of the kind of people for them. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I was going to say, no, so they got that picture too, but you know they had that ugly loss. Uh, I forgot they were even at Wrigley against against Iowa. We talked about Iowa and their lack of scoring, but uh, they didn't need against the mediocre at best Northwestern team. Absolutely. So we'll see what happens there. Of course, uh, Washington, Oregon are on a collision course if they can you know finish up their season. Now, Washington has a pretty tough schedule. Uh, these next few weeks, so uh, this could be interesting with the theme here. They play Utah this, you know, Utah uh, this week, so uh, the, that'll be the two thirty game on Fox. We'll talk more about that um, on Friday. They got Oregon State after that. They got the Apple Cup game against Washington State. So uh, pretty tough schedule these next three weeks for Washington. Yeah, and let's see what Michael can do to finish out the season strong. As I mentioned, they're one of four teams battling for that fourth and final. A spot in the college football playoff. Also, too, we talk about Penix Jr. being the top candidate for the highest maturity. I think it's him, Bone Nixon, Drake May, the quarterback out of North Carolina, who had four touchdown passes over the weekend, by the way. And so it's a lot on the line for Mr. Penix Jr. Lot to yeah, it's a lot for him to play for, a lot for them to for uh, Washington to play for as well as a whole. So mm -hmm. uh, it'll be like I said, you know, these next couple weeks are gonna be very pivotal because you got a lot of big games coming up. Like I said, you got Penn State and Michigan hosting Michigan this week. Uh, we'll talk more about that as you know, as you know, on Friday. But uh, this could definitely be—I don't want to say this uh, judgment Saturday, as they say—but uh, it's definitely up there. Yes, yeah, statement Saturday, the next two championship Saturday with these conference championships, which usually held on the first Saturday in December. Uh, we're getting down to the home stretch, and so it's time for the, the contending teams to step up. And we usually see a surprise or two. We'll see if that's the case this coming Saturday. Should be very interesting as we listen to Second Sports on Sports Channel. Colleague Kim McGee, Sydney Brown, with you. We got college hoop season coming up, uh, starting uh, right now, so in some parts of the country. Uh, I know that Notre Dame, on the women's side, you got Notre Dame and San uh, South Carolina. They're playing in Paris right now. Uh, South Carolina is hammering uh, uh, Notre Dame by thirty some points, I think, as last I saw it. So. <laughs> But uh, yeah, but yeah, but uh, Tennessee, Purdue, you know, they're they're, they're playing, uh, they're they're playing tonight, and a few other teams. I think Texas plays tonight too. So yeah, oh yeah, so yeah, so I know that some people, you know, they may not get into college hoops, you know, this early on, but uh, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. you sure that's what we get into it until uh, mid December when they start playing on the, the non conference. Uh, portion of the schedule, and you really start to get uh, just a touch, 
not a full plate, but just a touch of what these top teams are going to be uh, for this upcoming season. We talked about the parody in college fo- college football. Uh, you, you've seen it in the college uh, basketball, especially with the transfer portal, and you're going to mm-hmm. see that uh, being uh, being a factor once again this year. So uh, Duke is going to be there. Hopefully Memphis, my guy Penny Hardaway, is going to be there. I think I think one of the top guys has a gun charge, so he may not play this year. I'm talking about one of his players. And mm-hmm. so we'll, and locally we'll see. Uh, what what Illinois is made of, uh, Brad Underwood, I still believe, in my opinion, that seat is getting a little bit hot. It should be a whole lot hotter, especially after what that team did last year underachieving. So uh, we'll see what happens as college basketball gets underway soon. Going to be very interesting. We'll see how uh, the main champion UConn, you know, we'll see how they do. Miami, a lot of people expect them to do very well this year. North Carolina, we'll see. Uh, shout out to uh, uh, Hubert Davis, his uncle Walter Davis, who passed away over the weekend, a uh, former yes. uh, veteran, a uh, 12 year veteran from the NBA. So, uh, you know, share, uh, give us our thoughts and prayers to him and his family. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I mean, I want to see, you know, the, the Paul, good Lord. You know, look, shout out to Mark, Mark <laughs> Wire, who's been, well, yeah, look, yeah, they actually did something uh, good. They actually hired Mark Wire as their assistant to, uh, to the, uh, the athletic director. Uh, so that might help them a little bit. They, this is probably the smartest thing they've done in years. So this might actually help them in that sense, especially with the crew, because they haven't been very well the last couple of years in recruiting. So uh, we'll see there, but, uh, yeah, I mean, the college hoops is definitely going to be one of those things where, like, you know, are we going to see the same parody we saw the last couple of years? Will it be set as whole again? So it's going to get very interesting. Yeah, so don't forget to start returning like Zach from the University of Purdue. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm sure they didn't like his stock in the NBA draft last year, even though he wasn't officially selected. So we'll see if Purdue can rattle off that success, repeat the success like they had uh, last year. Let's see what the Northwest and Wildcats, Chris Collins, are coming back into Chicago. Uh, well, you saw they had a, a very good year last year uh, in the Big Ten guys to the NCAA tournament. They lost to, I believe, Gonzaga last year in mm-hmm. the NCAA tournament. So let's see if they can repeat that success again because the uh, Big Ten is going to be very competitive this year. Oh, yeah, it's going to be loaded this year. You, you know, you betcha, of course, you know, you know, Michigan State, you know, they'll be up there, too. We know how mm-hmm. Tom is, uh, you know, we know how this guy's ready. Michigan, you know, and Jawan Howard, I'm sure they're going to be very good this uh, this year as uh, well. Indiana made, you know, will Indiana make that next step? Uh, and, you know, so that, that's like I said, mm-hmm. Iowa might look you know, pretty good this year. We'll see uh, up and coming, you know, teams like Minnesota and Penn State. You know, those teams are probably might, might be a little bit up and coming. So, yeah, there's a lot a lot to figure out here in the college hoops up front. So, I'm looking, I'm, like I said, I'm looking forward to it because it's going to be very, very interesting. Yeah, especially around these parts, especially the Bulls continue to heave out their pants and be underachieving. Uh, a lot of local sports fans are, will, are looking forward to some – we'll be looking forward to some winning basketball. Hopefully, Northwestern and or Illinois can provide that. Yeah, I, Illinois State, you're going a little directional-wise. Illinois State, Southern Illinois, but they were close a couple of times, you know, getting into the Missouri Valley uh, tournament last year. So yeah. I'm looking forward to see uh, what they can do. Can they, can they get to that next step? So, yeah, I'm looking forward to see. This should, should be interesting. Like I said, it's going to be very going to be a lot of fun as usual with college hoops. <laughs> yes, it should be fun. <laughs> All right, anything else before we wrap things up? No, I'm good. <laughs> All right. Uh, great show as always. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter. X I can't again the ID. What's up, Brandon? We saw we saw you uh, earlier. <laughs> you can follow your Shirley Sydney Brown on the Twitter X and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. And no, we did not forget. Uh, I think this is the first time we ever done this, Lakina. 
Old School TV Monday will have uh, this week off. We'll return next week. So we'll, uh, we'll definitely we'll have a great show to salute, uh, salute and review for you guys. So Old School TV Monday will return next week. Yeah, we have a lot of breaking baseball news, so uh, exactly. yeah, sorry about that. Sorry about that, but uh, well, yeah, we got to do what we got to do, as yeah, we always exactly. do. So yeah, like I said, we we have not forgot. We got you guys covered. So yeah, you know that that's you know that that's cool. But uh, uh, of course, you can check us out sports every Monday, every Friday from noon to two p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on Sports Social Chicago Facebook YouTube page. One more time. Uh, you can check us out sports every Monday, every Friday, noon to two p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on Sports Social Chicago on the Facebook and YouTube channels. Yes, and don't forget to download the Sports on Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Please subscribe to Sports on Chicago like Lakina said on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, X, Instagram, and YouTube. Subscribe to our podcast at War Media Podcast. That's W-A-R-R Media, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S. We are on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And give War Media a follow at W-A-R-R Media on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance. Your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. And don't forget, you can catch Second City Sports along with the other great programming on Sports on Chicago because Sports on Chicago is now available on Roku TV 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, live and on demand. Anytime, anywhere. And we will always provide. All right, we're gonna be doing a. We I don't know if we're gonna be. I don't know if they're gonna be the last scoring as they have in the NHL recently. He scored over a hundred goals, and you know, like at that night, like my goodness, like they did on Friday. Night, my goodness, but uh, but still, you know what? Look, you know, we'll, we got you over here. You know, Casio, uh, you know, college uh, football. We got some of those games, college hoops. Like I said, that's starting. So you get a whole lot of sports. I love this time of year. So uh, yeah, you get a lot of jam of sports here as we get near the end of the calendar year. So. Uh, it's going to be an exciting time for us sports fans. So uh, enjoy all that stuff for us. Sid. I'm the kid. This has been Second Sports on Sports of Chicago, and we'll see you Friday. Doubles, I guess. Holla! <laughs> oh, boy.